Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. Week 14, almost in the books, except for two Monday night games. Yeah. Week 15, then around the corner, lots of injuries and things to discuss. A little bit different today. We're actually, I'm from home studio, as you can see here. Jacob's from home. Usually like doing it in person because then I can just look straight at you and, you know, and talk and so forth. But this will work. How are you doing, Jacob? Good. Well, uh, you're uh, advanced technologically. You got the phone that flips out two screens now. So uh, double your output. Against everyone in the room who <laughs> would not help me set up this phone. I mean, I got this Z Fold phone, right? It's, it's you know, whatever. It's like an iPad. I don't know. Everyone's yeah, sweet. afraid of it, uh, including me. Um, no, all good. Fun weekend, long weekend, lots of football. Um I don't know if you uh, – anyways, uh, let's get going on the injury uh, rundown. I actually went up to L.A. Uh, on Saturday. Uh, I did not go to uh, – obviously, I was in the war room for the game. Uh, did not go to his actual halftime ceremony. But uh, I did go up to the uh, Saturday night uh, reception, and it was good to see a, a lot of people. Some, some I forgot about. The, the coolest one that I saw, I mean, there were a lot of cool people there, right? I mean, a lot of people. Some that I see somewhat regularly and some that I don't, and including some of management. But the coolest one is a guy came up to me, and I almost forgot about him. You guys will be – you'll never get guess who it was. See, in the NFL, look, uh, when you guys are San Diego State – there's another San Diego State player in the NFL. You get a picture after the game. Or at the Pro Bowl, you gather it with a picture. Look, when you're in the Ivy League, you claim every Ivy Leaguer because there aren't that <laughs> it's like It's like claiming all of the Mountain West or claiming all of the, you know, whatever it, division uh, uh, that it is. But I had forgotten a guy named uh, – well, you guys will never know his name, so I'll say it. Carl Morris was a legit uh, – Ivy League wide receiver who had was in the NFL a couple of years. Carl Morris, he played wide receiver for us for uh, two years, and that was so long ago I forgot. He came and said hello, and he made my evening. He's like, "You're the guy I want to say hello and see." I was like, uh, "You got <laughs> low bar then." <laughs> but uh, but Marcellus was there, so we had to take an Ivy League picture just to have bigger numbers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, plenty of names. I think you saw Eric Weddle, Phil Rivers, of course, Antonio Gates. Yeah, plenty of. Uh, well, I, I, I did. I'll admit, I, well, Weddle kind of lives in this northern San Diego area. I did not see Weddle at the reception because I didn't go to the game. And Philip, I talked to. He was, look, when you're on Philip's level, it's different. He flew in for the game and then flew out. <laughs> he wasn't there on Saturday. Um, and it's amazing he found a Southwest Connection flight to get him there and back. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that. But uh, I saw on the video, he he greeted our former athletic trainer that the Chargers put out that video. And, and I texted Phil, that's his son that's with him on it. 
And the reason why that's significant to me, Gunner, he was born when Philip had his ACL tear after, you know, in that Colts game. If you look at my Twitter header picture, that's he and I walking off already knowing that he had an ACL tear. And then he had the knee scope and played at the in the AFC Championship game. We lost to the then undefeated Patriots. And then he said, let's wait a week to have the surgery because Tiffany, his wife, was due expecting Gunner, his right. son. And uh, then he called me the next morning and said, she's not due for another two weeks now, so let's do it now. And I still remember I was leaving for the X Games, the Winter X Games, when I did all that stuff. I said, well, then it's got to be tomorrow because then I'm leaving. And then we did it. And then so we always I always know how old Hunter Gunner is because he was born right there with his ACL, so to speak. And I still remember 10 years uh, from Phillips ACL. He texted me out of the blue saying thank you and that. 10 years and, and I'm like Gunner's 10 years, but I saw Gunner in the big, he's a big kid. He's apparently a really good quarterback. Gunner is go look at that video. Maybe you'll embed it the, from the chargers. Gunner's a 15 year old and apparently a pretty good quarterback. And I was like, dude, I'm old Philip. I mean, that's your son. That's Gunner. He's big. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, a pretty good quarterback. He's got a chance. And you know, so what do you think yeah. the question I asked Philip was? I'll show you. What do you think I asked him? How many other kids play football? No, boring. <laughs> I asked him. I'll show you. I'll, here's our exchange. Um, I said, was that Gunner with you? What is he, 15? Crazy how big old he is. Good-looking kid, QB. It's crazy where the time goes. He's going to have a real shot. Uh, oh, he did say 65 to 35% Broncos fans. Stinks. Um, I said, uh, not surprised about your son, does he have dad's throwing motion? <laughs> and he said, yes, not as quote unorthodox. Yeah. <laughs> Can't replicate genetics. That. And I said, uh, work for dad. It's fine. You know? So anyways, all right, enough of that. Let's get on to um, injuries at hand. Should we, should we just go straight to chargers first? Yeah. I was going to say sticking with the chargers and quarterbacks and throwing motions yeah. and whatever. Yeah, news that, uh, Justin Herbert fractured his right index finger. They said no timetable yet. They're still doing evaluations, but they are four and eight. So not a great outcome. Well, it's forward. not even just four and eight, right? I mean, first of all, we still don't know what type of fracture, but we know it's the index finger. And he came back on the sideline with his hand in his hoodie pocket, so he couldn't see it was on it. Yeah. I think this season's left middle finger fracture was worse than this one, but this is going to have a worse effect. Because we talked about it in game yesterday, the way Philip Rivers grips the football, he's index finger dominant. Every quarterback is thumb dominant, right? That's Justin, a given. Justin you Herbert. can't grip it. You can't spin it. But there are quarterbacks that can throw with their index finger off the ball, that they're middle finger dominant. And there are quarterbacks that are index finger dominant. Justin Herbert looks like an index finger dominant quarterback. It's the last thing that touches the ball as he releases and it steers the ball. And that's where he couldn't come back and play. And this is where I think it's more likely he's done for the season with or without surgery. 
there's only four weeks left at this point in time. He's certainly not playing Thursday. And I know you guys have all been on it, you know, line movers getting on early. Now it's already gone to three. It was started at one and a half, two and a half. Now it's three. And as soon as it's confirmed he's out, it might go up even higher. But uh, Easton stick this week for the Chargers. Index finger on that type of grip, that's a big deal. It's almost as big a deal as the thumb. Almost. And then you throw in four and eight. No, they're are they four and eight? Five and eight. Five yeah. and eight. Right? Yep, yeah, five, five and eight. eight. One and two in the division. Five and eight right now. Um uh, they're they're not vying for the division at this point in time. They're trying to, you know, go nine and eight and eke out a tiebreaker for a wild card for the third right. wild card, right? I mean, there's still that very small chance. Yeah, big blow for them. Josh Palmer is still on IR. Keenan Allen's healthy, but uh, tough for him to be the only pass catcher, uh, along with Gerald Everett. Then again, the Raiders scored a goose egg, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a good chance another one can happen, too. You got a chance. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Josh Jacobs left that game, uh, that three-to-nothing game. Uh, Right knee injury by video. I think you said hyperextension, Doc, so kind of a long shot for him to play Thursday, right? I think long shot to play Thursday. I don't think his season is over as long as the Raiders are still alive. I don't think it's major surgery. We'll see. I mean, we're early today, so we don't have the latest information, but right. that's where we are on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Pierce said he got nicked early on and then wasn't the same like going forward the rest of the game. Like the way he's the way he talked, it sounded like it's nothing, but by our video analysis, it looked like it was a little more serious. Hey, well, what was the halftime calisthenics? What was that all about? Yeah, I don't know. Just... <laughs> trying to fire up the team, trying to inspire some points into him. I don't know. Didn't do anything for sure, but I don't know. That seems like a high school coach thing. I don't know if like the, the players really like you know like that. I don't know if you've ever seen like anybody on your side doing that, Doc. Like sharp, like a Marty Schottheimer. Like was someone like that ever like trying to? I don't know. It just it was weird. It didn't look right. Well, well, well first of all. Half times in the NFL are really short, right? Uh, unless it's like a Thanksgiving game or a Super Bowl where they got entertainers or something. Like twelve, they're really short. Like By the 12, time you get in, you know, use the restroom and get something to eat and drink. And, and yes, you mentioned high school. There are cut oranges in the locker room. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there's yes. a lot of other things too. But right. some traditions die hard. There are cut oranges in the locker room. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Speaking of high school, right? Yeah. Uh, and some bananas and, you know, whatever. Asking, yep, uh, yeah. But let me tell you, it's all we can do on the halftime IVs. And this is why some players leave early to boom, run in a bag of fluid and get them back out on the field. It's quick. So How long does it take honestly, the elapsed time at halftime is no different than an eight play drive. I mean, if, yeah. if your defense is on the field for eight plays, the offense has got more than 10, 12 real minute time on the sideline so it's not like you're getting cold and have to warm back up after halftime i don't know i don't know players i've never had a coach do that i'm not sure players like that or don't like that i'm not sure that that uh yeah i I don't know i'm not sure i I respect antonio pierce but i don't think dan campbell's firing up his team now yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah uh let's talk cj stroud real quick uh left last game uh taking the hard hit to the back of the head, got pushed down, and 
whipped the neck back um, in concussion protocol, had clear symptoms on the field. Uh, by our data, 22% chance to clear. They get a matchup with the Titans next week. Uh, could be an interesting one, especially without Nico Collins left that game. Dalton Schultz missed his second game with a hamstring. So, well, could be Davis Mills. I'm going to say, you have to hear my whole thought here, but I'm going to say something here. MetLife Turf 100% was responsible for that concussion because his head hit the MetLife Turf. Now, would he have gotten concussed on regular grass? Probably. <laughs> okay. but. but yes, the turf was responsible for the concussion. His head hit the turf. Um, there you, go. you know, it was raining a bunch. Would it have made a regular grass softer where you didn't get a concussion? I think that's a stretch. I mean, uh, bottom line is, it doesn't matter what his immediate symptoms were. It matters how quickly they go away. I will admit I was surprised that Derek Carr, apparently for the second time this year, cleared concussion protocol in one week. First time, I get it, 22%. Second time in the same season, hard to usually do. usually they're more conservative. But he made it back. C.J. Stroud, this is his first one. 22%, that's the number. Whether you're the quarterback, running back, O-lineman, linebacker, it's the same. So we'll see what happens. And then, of course, Nico Collins with the calf, second time this season. You got to think he's going to miss some time. Obviously, no Tank Dell. Dalton Schultz was out. I mean, all of a sudden, Houston, uh, I mean, look, they're still above 500, right? They're 7-6. and six. What a yeah, great job by Nico Ryan's and company. Uh, sticking with the concussions, uh, TJ Watts, an interesting one from last Thursday, uh, got kind of kicked in the side of the head on the first play, but cleared and came back in, was wearing a visor with, which, uh, raised a lot of people's eyebrows and looked like he was using some smelling salts on the sideline. Uh, we did the deep dive. looks like he has worn a visor before, which you, you said you, you do have to get clearance. You can't just switch up mid game. Yeah, let, let's talk visor. about this. Okay. Saw the play. He got kicked accidentally by Zeke blood in the mouth. You saw them working on his jaw. Right. I don't know the truth of the matter, but blood in the mouth is a mandatory concussion screen. Now, the screen is just five simple questions, could be done pretty quickly. But any blood in the mouth, that's a rule. You're supposed to do a concussion screen. I'm not sure if one was done or not. He got put back into the game. The smelling salts. Look, is it possible that he was checked on and was fine and checked. And usually when you check a guy for a concussion, that's not it for the game. You go back and check on him again in five minutes and see how he's doing. Now, I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention. Maybe you guys know. Smelling salts are in the blue travel cabinets, and you can grab them anytime you want. The little ammonia poppers. A lot of guys use them before the game. Okay. Yeah. Some will use them during the game. If TJ Watt was just getting them, or the equipment guy was getting them for him and he was using them. I get it. But if medical personnel was giving it to him or saw him using them, they needed to check and screen him more. Now, maybe that happened. I don't know. Okay. But if a medical staff person was giving him smelling salts, knowing that he had blood in the jaw and this, the other stuff, and didn't send them back with the red hat and the primary care concussion check physician, 
that doesn't seem right. But I don't know the circumstances of the smelling salts. Okay. Just like everyone accused the Jaguars of doing wrong by not giving Trevor Lawrence the cart. Well, they offered the cart. He didn't yeah. take it. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, and then the visor. I had not realized he'd worn the visor this year. The visor first got me. It's like, you can't just throw a dark visor on somebody. That's not appropriate. Okay. Right. Uh, let me give you a little story. I saw LT this weekend. LT wore, famously wore, wore a visor. Every single year, we had to get a medical evaluation that was new that justified the use of the visor. That's the league rule. Right. Every single year. Every player that has a dark visor has to have it renewed every single year in order to use it. I did kind of anecdotally notice that LT's visor is a little darker than some of the other, the tint's darker than some of the other guys that weren't stars on our team. This is actually an authentic, now that I look at my back, LT helmet. This is his dark visor. Yeah. Darker than some of our teammates that were just a gray. Right. This is actually a this is a heavy uh game actual LT helmet. But anyways, that dark visor has to get approved every year. Now, because TJ Watts worn it, clearly he's had approval for it this year. That's why they could put it on him. They couldn't just all of a sudden put it on him. That would not work. What so maybe the... there was another reason to use the visor, I guess, is the question. Does it bring up questions? It absolutely does. But yeah. we're just here to try and explain what's happening. What is the medical reason? Is it light sensitivity? Is it other stuff? Well, there are lots of different reasons, potentially. I don't know that I can go into which one LT had. Right. Because of HIPAA, right. right. But light sensitivity... You know, who knows, previous history of seizure disorder, eye issue, this, that, the other. I will admit, now, I didn't write the note. I'm an orthopedist. There's no orthopedic reason for him to need the visor. Right. But there may be other neurologic, ophthalmologic, easy for me to say, uh, <laughs> eye reasons, head reasons, neurological reasons, other reasons the appropriate specialist needs to write that note right didn't come from me <laughs> and i will admit i've seen some of the reasons i'm not saying lts some of the reasons are a little bit creative i've already i've already mentioned here that i did notice the thing that there were some that we got letters and submitted the league and they got approved but it wasn't this color tint it was maybe okay. a light gray <laughs> uh, going on to Justin Jefferson real quick. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Quick, um, Stefanski said, 
uh, sorry, O'Connell said uh, the hospital visit was for precautionary reasons. They were encouraged by what they saw from him. Um, they said did say it was an internal chest injury, so maybe you can uh, read between the lines on that. But it sounded like he didn't have any fractured ribs. Um, they didn't explicitly say that, but he did travel with the team, so they're not ruling him out for uh, Saturday against the Bengals just yet. Yeah, I mean, we were right and we were wrong there. We were very confident on his hamstring. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they right, maybe Tom – this is no criticism of Josh Dobbs, but maybe Tom Brady was right. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's ways to help guys. I mean, that was a hospital pass, right? I mean, I mean, he went to the hospital. I'm glad he checked out and flew home with the team. That means what? That mean, doesn't mean he doesn't have a bruised lung, but it certainly means that he didn't have any collapsed lung. Because uh, I'm sure they also checked his kidney and liver where he was hit, et cetera. We'll see what happens. It remains to be seen whether Jeff, Justin Jefferson can or will play. But I do think it's clear that probably – I think it was close to whether it was going to be Nick Mullins or uh, – Josh Dobbs, and now it seems like Nick Mullins is going to get his run, right? Yeah, interesting matchup that next week against the Bengals. Uh, just sticking with the Bengals real quick, there was an interesting one this week where uh, Jake Browning kind of had a, a his, looked like his thumb locked up on him, and we were looking for video, didn't uh, saw some options, but then the team said cramps, and he ended up coming back and no ill effects from just getting an IV. Well, the way that his thumb was locked down and he was like straightening it, I was like, is that a trigger thumb or is his thumb dislocating and he's putting it back in? And and I know the internet went a little crazy. A thumb cramp, how does your thumb cramp? Okay. Muscles cramp. And there are a lot of muscles. Um, I've talked to Philip enough. He doesn't care. Philip Rivers got IVs all the time. Why? Because there was one or two games where his forearm cramped and he would have to keep stretching his arm and hand he's like and why do we always do the ivs including at halftime because he said like i don't want it to be in the fourth quarter and be cramping up in the middle of a drive right i mean but you haven't capped up in a while but he's like well but also been getting the ivs i don't want to take the chance right right and so the reason for the thumb locking was not anything with the thumb it's muscles in the forearm that control the thumb that were spasming, but just the one down and he straightened it out. So that's why he got the IV. I know in the, in the war room, you guys pointed out, Oh, he's got a wrap on his arm now. I'm like, yeah, on his left forearm where they did the IV for his <laughs> right forearm muscle injury, but it's just a cramp. It's okay. Just the fact that it was his isolated thumb made it seem weird. Hey there listeners of the sports injury central podcast ever felt the wear and tear of intense training. We get it. Recovery is crucial. That's why we're introducing you to Mushroom Life. Unlock the natural power of functional mushrooms with their range of tinctures, soft gels, and more, all designed to support your well-being and elevate your performance. And for those days when you just want to kick back and relax, check out their euphoric mushroom gummies, the perfect blend for that post-game relaxation. Very nice of them to send us a sample pack. I can't wait to dig in on my next off day. Now here's a treat for all our loyal listeners. Use the code SIC and snag an incredible 50% off across the board. Dive into the world of mushrooms and elevate your wellness journey. And always remember, Shroom responsibly. Head over to Mushroom Life now and discover the magic of mushrooms. Click link in the bio in the show notes, mushroomlife.com. That's mushroomlyfe.com. Let me throw some fantasy names at you. Uh, give you a chance to talk about Trevor Lawrence, too, that happened uh, last Monday night. So we didn't get it on last podcast, but that's not a high ankle, right, Doc? He got cleated high, but it everybody's taking it and run with it that it's a high ankle. Well, look. I don't know for sure whether it is or isn't. 
We just go by injury analysis and video analysis. By that, it is not a high ankle, including when he gets rolled up upon, folded up his leg underneath. That is not a high ankle by video. Uh, and I'm not going against the Jacksonville Jaguars medical staff. They didn't say that. The head right. coach said it, right? And all of national media and beat reporters, rightfully so, they're reporters. They do injury reporting. And then the Roto Wires, Roto Worlds, Underdog, they propagate that injury reporting. What we do is injury analysis, right? The injury reporting, because it came from Doug Peterson, said high ankle. We didn't think so. The injury reporting said huge uphill battle to play this week. We said, no, I think it remains open. And when we saw him without a boot on Tuesday, at practice on Thursday, we started going stronger. We even made the video. This is not a game time decision. He physically can play the game, and if it were the playoffs or Super Bowl, he would play and start the game. This is a coaching decision. Does Doug Peterson feel comfortable putting out a not 100% Trevor Lawrence, especially with left tackle three against Cleveland, and let's look at the schedule and how we want to play this out. It's a coaching decision. Not that Trevor Lawrence isn't the best quarterback on the team. It's without a lot of practice, with some O-line issues, looking at the big picture of the standings and where we are, the, the coaching decision was made that to go with Trevor Lawrence. And he played okay, mostly shotgun, but what was the stat? One of the beat reporters said that normally he's very accurate downfield, and he was downfield. He was one for seven with two interceptions. He passes yeah. more than 20 yards downfield. And that would show up because it's his right ankle and he's not stepping into throws. And if you're not stepping into throws the right way, you're not as accurate. Look, right. uh, it's one thing to have an ankle issue and shoot free throws. It's another to have an ankle issue and shoot three-point jump shots, right? Yeah. Your accuracy will not be there on your three-point jump shooting uh, if you have an ankle issue in terms of your liftoff, right? Etc. You're just a little bit off. And here with Trevor Lawrence in terms of the push-off, and it may have shown a little bit, but he'll be a week better next week. I don't think there's going to be any issue. He keeps his consecutive start streak alive. Um, so there you go. We're not 100%, but that's the, here's a case where I think we went up against the national narrative, and, and it turned out. Yeah, kind of a wild game. Uh, we, we unfortunately had the under in that game finished at 31. Well, that's the only thing I didn't like. It's like if we're saying if I if we're saying we're Trevor Lawrence is gonna play, that might have been a pause on the under. <laughs> Even though yeah. the defenses were healthier than the offenses with or without Trevor. Offensive Lawrence. line issues. Yeah. I get offensive line issues. I get the algorithm, and that's what the algorithm sp spit out. But I mean that's the only thing I was like when I saw that. And, you know, I'm I'm not the the betting guy. We're the injury guy. And we have this algorithm and you guys fit, fed it in. And that's what it came out. But this is one where, you know what I would say? Analytics are good, right? And say, go for it on fourth down here or punt it on fourth down here or kick the field goal here or do this here, go for two here. Analytics is good. But I don't think you can ever follow analytics completely, right? And blindly game script, flow, what's happening. Do I really have the perfect play call or not? If analytics says punt, but it's like, oh, I got the perfect play call, 
in this situation. Maybe you do go for it. Maybe there are other reasons. And this is, I would have said, is an other reason. Like, hmm, Trevor Lawrence playing might upset that analytics algorithm that we have. But it is what it is. Yeah, there were six turnovers in the game, so that usually lends lends itself to an over with all the uh, the position changes. And uh, let me throw some other names at you. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has missed two weeks. Uh, they they play against the uh, Pittsburgh this week. Is there a chance he could play? Yes. Um, I wouldn't have him as probable. I know that designation doesn't exist. I'd have him as possible. And I know that designation doesn't exist. So it's <laughs> questionable, but it's a wide range. I think it's possible that he plays. I think he beats four weeks for sure, but I think it's possible that he plays this week. Now it's a big one for fantasy fantasy playoffs coming up. So a lot of people will be uh, having eyes on that status. You can head, head to sick insights at sixcore.com for all the latest. We'll be tracking his practice reports, all that stuff. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is another one for the, the chiefs had a wild game. <laughs> plenty, plenty to talk about with that. And uh, Kadarius Tony lining up offsides, but Isaiah Pacheco looked like uh right shoulder that he injured on uh, the play. He was ejected on didn't play this week. Uh, Andy Reed, was initially not rolling out IR, but he has ruled out that possibility now and said he should be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, it may indeed be the same shoulder he had surgery on, right? Um, in the off season. I don't think it's IR. I don't think it's surgery, but uh, I would put Jonathan Taylor ahead of Pacheco next week right now as a quick thing. Now, let's talk about the Patrick Mahomes thing. One of the things I will say, I just thought of this right now. You know, my son, Davis, who's then now 11, loves Patrick Mahomes. I just thought of this. I'm going to show him that video from the game and have him look at Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if you're right. Don't do that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I don't care if you're right. Don't do that. Now, I get his point. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I guarantee you, could not see how offsides he was because yeah. he's moving around the defense. He's like, oh, he's lined up, you know, on the end there in the slot in the right spot. That's good, right? He's not, it's not his job to see that he is or isn't offsides. And then we've all seen the pictures where he's considerably offside. And the referee, Carl Sheffer, said, well, he was so offsides, it was egregious. We had to call it. And no, we didn't give a warning. Patrick Holmes' thing is, you always give a warning. I've never heard of that before. And then on the big touchdown, you call this BS. In fairness, though, they called it before it was a touchdown, right? As soon as the ball was snapped, they called it. Now, whether it was a sack or an interception or a three-yard gain, that's not what they called it on, right? It's not like there was a touchdown and they went, oh, upon further review, he was offsides, Right. They threw the flag instantaneously. They didn't know that was the big play. My bigger, more important question is, was that planned or was that total ad lib by Travis Kelsey? Yeah. That's my question. Was that part of the play call? I mean, interesting there. But, you know, the key is he really drew in Tony's guy almost to him before he threw it, that's what created the room for the touchdown, right? So uh, if that was improv, that's one hell of an improv, okay? Especially with that much time left in the game. If that were a called play, and I don't think the Chiefs will say, because, you know, 
Right. They're paying homage to uh, Frank Wycheck, who just passed away. Musical miracle. That's what people were mentioning. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I saw that a bunch here. Do you yeah. guys think that one was a lateral or no? That Frank was Wycheck. that was a lateral, but it was, it was close, though. It was definitely, yeah. I think. It was here, here's the thing once again, by optics and angles. Right. The first time you see the play, I think 99% of the world says that's a forward pass. Yeah, they always will, I think, yeah. But if you look that final camera angle down the line, and I'm convinced of this, I don't think they called the play this way. But if Frank Wycheck throws that, not at the, I think it was the 25 or yard line or whatever it was, where there's a line on the field all the way across it, he throws it at the 27 where you don't have the benefit of the line all the way down the field. That's called a forward pass. The only way that it got called a lateral and straight lateral is a lateral. Mm-hmm. Right. One inch forward is forward. It does not have to be one inch backwards. Right. As long as it's even, it's a lateral. Without that 25 yard marker, I don't think you get that call. That's all I say. If you're yeah. just in green grass, how do you tell? The optics make it yeah. look different. Right. Now, here's a quiz question that you won't get. <laughs> well, maybe you will. Who received the kickoff and made the first lateral before Frank Wycheck then threw it back to Kevin Dyson? Three guys were involved in the play. Who's the first yeah. one? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, you guys might have met him. You know him. He's been a friend of the show. Number 41. Okay. Should be, <laughs> in, in my opinion, in the Hall of Fame as a fullback. That's We've not enough. Him. We've met him. I think you might have. Maybe not. He's been on the pod and other things, I think. Lorenzo Neal. Oh, wow. I didn't know he played for the I didn't even know he was there. I mean, look at the video now. His body types. You can't miss number 41. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we'll keep going. Oh, the final one I count on that is I'm surprised. I mean, look, he was there for one year. (laughs) That's crazy. He was there for one year, and that was the year that it happened. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, you know how I especially the changing numbers nowadays drive me crazy. Yeah. I mean, I look at body types more than anything. Yeah. In live time of who's where and what. Um, But the final thing on this, I don't love that Patrick Mahomes lost his school there. You know, I don't love that. And his detractors will point that out and his fans will forgive it. And he doesn't do it often, so it's okay. But I will show my son. But anyone else point out? I mean, okay, I get Taylor Swift, not Travis Kelsey's wife, Tony Romo. <laughs> um, I get that Taylor Swift admits that she learned to love football late in life and so surprised at what she's missing. She's just supporting her man. I'm great with that. Does Brittany Mahomes not know football? I don't think so. she should. I, I mean, mean, I don't know enough at this point. He's been around right. I mean, he, college days, even right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First of all, I think wives, girlfriends, or others should stay out of the controversy. Yeah. Second of all, 
if you're gonna enter yourself into the controversy i don't know if you saw her instagram post i don't yeah, follow yeah. instagram but, I saw, you know news wires yeah. like she posted mvp yeah she showed a referee yeah the back judge yeah <laughs> the one how about the line judge that made the call <laughs> Anybody with I mean, white and black. And if you're going to do that, why not do the white hat, which is the head referee? He's ultimately right. in charge of the crew. You picked on the back judge. He had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I don't know. It was just I'd a good look, picture. He was the only yeah. one in the picture. Is a good, she could frame it nice. That was, that was it. I was surprised you know, that Andy Reid fed into it. I thought he was he was a little bit usually above that, that he was saying, oh, yeah, usually we get a warning all my time in the league. Can I I've tell never you seen why? it not warned. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Why do you think he fed into it? Because Mahomes was <laughs> championing it. Backing up his boy. Yeah. Backing up his boy. Yeah. Okay. Dennis Allen backed up Derek Carr and Eric and Quay. Oh, they're fighting. Yeah. That's good. They have fire. It's okay. Right. Now, privately, he's like, guys, don't do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you have a lead. He's got to take a little heat off of Mahomes there, right? Yeah. And Reed's and... never like that either. He's never like that. So it looked a little bit more of like you said. It was definitely just defending him and making sure you know he had him in the public limelight, right? If Mahomes doesn't do what he did, I don't think Andy Reed does what he did. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Backing up his guy. You can't hate on that. Uh, got a good call of the week. Uh, thanks to the algorithm. Not We weren't the only ones on Bears plus three and a half, but definitely uh, numbers supported that big time, and they pulled out the victory 28-13. Justin Fields, three straight games without an interception for the first time in his career. So it seems like uh, Bears are playing playing pretty good. They're, they're alive in that division. They're not very alive, but... You said they're a different 4-8 team, right, Doc, than the Jets? I know the well, Jets... I, 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 look... The algorithm liked the Bears. I said, yeah, I like that, just in terms of direction and what it is. And I think you all made the recommendation of three and a half. It ultimately closed at three. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it didn't matter. I mean, ultimately, we don't – I mean, money lies. They want to get out right, right? But that's a whole other story. My point was that that felt, feels like a four and eight team that still has some fight in them in that Eberflus is coaching for his job. The GM added Montez Sweat and paid him, right? He's playing phenomenal, by the way. He's been one of the best defensive yeah. players in the league since They're healthy. And Justin Fields, remember, they were out without Justin Fields for four games. He's played right. well since he's come back. They're a different team now. And then, first of all, in general, players aren't tanking for the first pick. In general, yeah. they're not. But the Bears have it either way because they've got Carolina's pick. So yeah. uh, Justin Fields and company are playing, say, yeah, let's do this. So they, we draft the top rush end or a, a top, you name it, not a quarterback, right? Well, receiver, wide receiver, offensive line maybe, yeah. Whatever it is. But my point is they, they seem like a team with still some fight in them, right? Like, oh yeah, we had a bad start, but we're you know, we're healthy now, we're we're on a run. Whereas the Jets, now they surprised, right? They played very well in the second half. That right. went from a first half zero zero nothingness to a 36. second half over. 
game yeah. over still hit with yeah. that last Jeez, field yes. goal, which is crazy right but is there any chatter this morning about aaron Rodgers? what happened to that i mean we talked about it in last week the biggest surprise to me of zach wilson starting was not the athletic piece that he didn't want to start or this that the other i'm not sure what's true there or not true but robert sala said he's the starter for the rest of the season what does that mean (laughs) does that mean aaron Rodgers had a setback does that mean we know we're done, and so we're just going to play Zach Wilson because we got that eighth loss. Five and eight, they're not mathematically out. Right. Nine and eight, if you get lucky with tiebreakers, and I have no idea where their tiebreaker status is. But where's Aaron Rodgers' chatter? Wasn't this upcoming week, or is it next week, the week that he's supposed to be back? I think it's this upcoming week. Next week, yeah. Next, next week's, I think, when the window closes, the three-week yeah. window. Yeah. Where's the chatter? <laughs> Salah put it to bed without even saying the word, saying his name. It's kind of incredible that it just shut down. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, looking ahead well, to we'll, the next we'll, well, we'll know on Tuesday, right? He'll do his McAfee hit on Tuesday yeah. and see yeah. what he has to say. We'll get the latest. Uh, I'll probably whip it up again. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not hating on Aaron Rodgers. I'm the one that all said that it wasn't impossible that he could, right? It's but, just a story is dying down now, and there's reasons for that, yeah. Well, it died down. It's gone away, right? Yeah. I mean, like it was overnight. I was on daily Aaron Rodgers watch. What was his video today? What was <laughs> not watch? People would tag me and send it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead to next week, uh, got some coach speak for you from Pete Carroll, one of the our favorites on the podcast. Uh, they play Monday night against the Eagles. He said it's too soon to know if Geno Smith can play next week. Well, I mean, he's right, technically. <laughs> okay. But if that's why we said all along, there was no video. But knowing coach speak and whatever, Pete Carroll's words were telling us Geno Smith is not playing in the game. And he didn't do much of a workout, workout before the 49er game. So uh, he may be a ways away. And Drew Locke didn't look terrible, too. So it's not like they need to necessarily rush back. I don't think he looked enough that, like, you need to go Geno Smith as soon as possible. Yeah, another reason he didn't look terrible is, at least by midweek, certainly end of the week, he got all the starter reps. Correct, yeah. Yep. This wasn't a surprise. Here you go. I mean. Yeah, 22 for 31, 269 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, four sacks. So full day for Drew Locke. We'll see. Yes. uh see his status going forward against sick insights is where you get all the latest uh looking at some other matchups uh pittsburgh at indy with uh, tj watt we'll see if he clears for that and uh indy potentially getting john the taylor i think as of right now it's uh, minus two and a half indianapolis uh baltimore at jacksonville baltimore's favorite minus three and a half uh jacksonville's got their offensive line issues and obviously trevor lawrence another week and then uh, minnesota steelers uh Watt and Highsmith, they're both in right. concussion football. So that's both sack people on each side. So that if they are both out, that would be a huge loss for the defense. Is there a, a no chance that Anthony Richardson comes back? I mean, Indy, Indy's looking like it's making a playoff push. So is that completely out of the picture that uh, 
Richardson could come back? Not with that type of surgery. He's not coming back. Gotcha. I think Deshaun Watson is uh, eligible to return this upcoming week, too. I would assume it's uh, similar for him. Depends on what specific surgery that he had. Depending on the type, there's an outside chance for Deshaun Watson if the Browns can go deep into the playoffs. I think there's no chance for AR to be back, no matter how deep the Colts go to the playoffs. Just different types of surgery. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to Browns making the playoffs, and then we say, well, if Joe Flacco brought him there, do you stick with Joe Flacco? <laughs> can you turn back Father Time? I mean... He's trying. But... <laughs> yeah, 565 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions in two games, so he's slinging it. Look, I mean, Flacco gets dissed, you know, but he was legit quarterback. And look, but as you get older in life, I mean, look, even for me, as you get older in life, okay. When I was younger in life, this is, I'm not even doing an athlete analogy, okay? Because I went up to LA and it was a happy hour party. I mean, I was done at home by 10, not home, but I was at my friend's sleep by 10 10 30 certainly before 11 on saturday night i was still a little tired on sunday i used to be able to go back to back and go out and do stuff as you get older it gets tougher so it's two games in for flacco he's still relatively fresh what's gonna be the case when he's five games in i mean right the league is tough man basically you get fatigue like you said yeah fatigue and bruised and beat up and right now right now he's, he's starting to feel it for sure but He's still on the fresher side, right? Imagine, I mean, you think Flacco would be playing like this if he were 14 weeks into the season? No. <laughs> they get a matchup against the Bears next week, too, so hopefully Montez Sweat doesn't get to him too much. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota at Cincinnati is the last one I have on the list. Cincinnati minus three and a half. Uh, they, they got something to chase Brown, that young kid behind uh, Joe Mixon, and then we'll see if uh, Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs is – starting quarterback for Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's going to be Mullins, right? That's the way it certainly looks now. And, uh, you know, T. Higgins back, Jamar Chase, mixing some weapons for Burrow. The, the Bengals are still in it, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Beast of the Week, I have Tylen Wallace with his walk-off uh, punt return, only in that position because Devin DuVernay left with a back injury. Uh, John Harbaugh talked about he was debating whether to go with Tylen Wallace or I, I forget who the other option was, but Tylen Wallace hadn't returned a kick since since college, and then he gets that big walk-off punt return in overtime. That's why they drafted him. So it's like he's been sitting around waiting for that opportunity, so it's good that he took it. That is, that's pretty impressive there. And, and you know, um, you know, it's it's nothing to do with anything else, but another beast candidate might be that, USFL kicker. Oh, yeah. 60 yarder and a 59 yarder and another 50 yarder and a 45 yarder and a big game, all no question. And the biggest part is, you know, there was complete confidence from Mike McCarthy go out there, kick this. Yeah. Right. I mean, he misses one of those long ones, especially early, flips the field, changes the game. Brandon Aubrey is his name. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I, Aubrey. I knew, but I was like, "Who is that guy?" And, <laughs> and another question for you: 
I don't know the stats and numbers. Is Justin Tucker the most accurate kicker of all time again? Who who missed two? Yeah. So I'll just do what Tucker did. Uh, yeah, if Tucker did any, if he didn't miss one field goal yesterday, then he's good to go. No, I only say that because at the top, I mean, missing one or two field goals is misses count against you a lot more than well, they're, they're separated by mere points. percentage like mere like decimal points so that was zero for two and uh looks like tucker was uh looks like let me see here one two three three for three so tucker does take him over yeah over two and three for three is enough to sway it yeah <laughs> there you go justin tucker. one week <laughs> but it's it's so close they can keep on fighting back but that was yeah, neck neck. a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah and then the other thing is because Tucker's been in the league so long that a miss hurts him less than a miss for coup. Right. Right. You know, by the percentage points and so forth. All right. Thanks uh, for joining us here. And uh, two Monday night football games tonight as we head into the holiday season. Now we start Saturday games. We, uh, we hard to keep track of all the schedules now. Yeah. Everything goes. Basketball has games as well, right? We're going to have some double sports soon. Double sports, but, you know, this – I mean, it's been nice on Sundays just being in the war room, but, like, I already can see this Saturday is going to be a streaming nightmare. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Three games. <laughs> I don't even know who's what network it's on, but all okay. good. Awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Go to SICscore.com. Lots of offers there. Check it out. Field views. Good luck in fantasy playoffs if you're in. I'm not. I got knocked out a little bit ago. All right. Thanks for watching and listening. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.